Well, welcome once again, and for, if anyone's just tuning in now, welcome to those of us who are joining us online. We are starting a new series today. I am verbing and reverbing. We are having so much fun with our sound today. We're starting a new series today. We're going to be talking about the values of Elam Chapel. We're going to be talking about what it is that makes us, us. Who, who are we? What are the things that are important to us? Why are we in this together? And as a result, we're going to be talking about our first value, which is we love God. Our new values statement is going to be on the wall downstairs. I think it's already there. I uh, had a little bit of tunnel vision this morning, so you'll have to forgive me. But our first value is we love God. And we explain that with the phrase, with all of our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. Our relationship with him is more important than anything else. And we're going to be talking about what that means and what the, the scriptural underpinnings of that is and how we live that out today. But first, let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you that we're together. Thank you that we have the chance to join together in a meal a little later. Thank you that we can spend this time in your word, seeking after you, worshiping your name, joining with your people. We pray that your presence would be a tangible force with us today, God that we would feel that you're here, that we wouldn't just know you're here with our heads, but that we would feel you're here in our spirits. Pray that we would leave today different for having been in your presence and that we would continue in your presence as we go from this place. In your name, amen. The idea of loving God is kind of the hallmark of Judeo-Christian tradition or religion. Right? Like Christianity is a continuation of Judaism. We really should lump them together there. But for many other religions, this idea is quite foreign. In most religions, God or the gods are quite distant. They're, they're powerful, they're over there. You appease them, right? You, you, you honor them, but you don't really love them. We don't, we don't, find, this, we don't find this idea in ancient pagan religions, like the Greeks or the Romans. People didn't love Zeus. They feared Zeus, they honored Zeus, but they didn't love Zeus. And, and that's very similar to today, many religions are like that. Where, and, and Christians often make a distinction. They talk about Christianity is not a religion, as a result, that we say that Christianity is a relationship because this is so different to this idea of loving God is so different from other religions. So why do we? Why do we love God? There's a, there's a wonderful quote from one of the great men of Christian tradition and Christian faith, a man named St. Augustine, who lived right about the time that the Roman Empire fell. So like, we're talking 1600 years ago, right? But Augustine lived in North Africa. He wrote some very influential works in Christianity, but he has a book called The Confessions, and this is his autobiography. It's many of his reflections on his life and his walk with God, and he has this wonderful phrase that comes to us from that book where Augustine says to God, you move us to light in praising you, for you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And this love of God shines through that, that this loving God is, is such a theme. 
Are we having sound issues? I, I feel like I'm cutting in and out. No, you guys are all good? Okay. So why do we love God? Well, the first reason, and very simple reason, is we're commanded to love God, which seems odd, but it's important in the, in the grand scheme of thinking about this. It's something worth talking about. And uh, recognizable phrasing that you, you probably know and saw in our values statement comes from Matthew 22, Verses 35 to 38, Jesus is having a confrontation with the teachers of the law. They're trying to catch him. Uh, this, this one in particular seems like sort of an odd, it's, there's not much of a trick to it. It's more like a pop quiz because one of the teachers comes to him and tests him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, you have to bear in mind, the, the Old Testament law, like what Moses gave, there's 600 commands in there. 613 commands in the Old Testament from God to say which one is the most important, right? I mean, it's not an unreasonable question. It's kind of hard to follow that many, but if we can get one important one. And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And I just love this idea that we're asked, Jesus is asked, what's the most important one? And he gives this great answer, love the Lord your God. But there's a bonus answer. And it, it follows along closely to love your neighbor. That it is, it is very, very close. It's not some distant second. It is very closely tied to that first one. And one of the next values that we're going to be talking about, I think, next week is how we love people. And that's very important to us at Elam. So why else do we love God? Well, very succinctly, because he first loved us. And this is said very nicely in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, that we love God because he first loved us. But so much of the New Testament is a love letter talking about God's actions towards us, how God loves us, and how this generates in us a response back to him, that we love him, that we worship him, that we want to be with him because of who he is and how he has loved us and what he has done for us. So just as an example, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 5, it says, but because of his great love for us, God rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. For it is by grace that you have been saved. Another reason why we love God is because it is the only way that we can make a difference. This world is hurting. I don't know if you've noticed. There are terrible things going on. People are hurt and sick and, and all these things happen and the way that we can make a difference is only through God's power, through God's action in us. John chapter 15, verses 4 to 5, Jesus is speaking to the disciples and he says to them, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I love this passage and it comes to me in those moments where I'm realizing that I've been neglecting my relationship with God, that I feel far from him 
and I feel powerless. And in those moments, I realize that I am just a stick. I lay on the ground, and I can't do anything. I'm just a stick. There's no life in me. And it is only when I am attached to that vine, the true vine of Christ, that life comes into me and that power comes through me and that I'm able to do anything that is really worthwhile in the world. Because it really is only through loving God that we can do things that are worthwhile. And Paul talks about this so eloquently in Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 to 11, where Paul says, but whatever were gains to me, Paul has just finished going on about his credentials, about all of the reasons that you have to admire Paul. And he says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Paul is so, speaks so beautifully of the love that we have for God and, and why we love God and how we respond in that. Finally, Loving God is the way that we do things that will last, not just that we can make a difference, but that we can make a difference that will last. Have you ever done a project that didn't work out? We have, in our basement, we have a dollhouse. And this dollhouse is, actually, I think it's longer than this. It is huge. It is like this tall. It's enormous. And my wife bought this dollhouse to do a project for our daughter, and it's wonderful. And, you know, such a great idea. And it didn't turn out. It didn't turn out. Charlotte has never really latched onto it. In fact, when she first found it, she started pulling it apart and ripping up the little floorboards and pulling the little decorations off the walls. And, and it has just never really caught on. And, and even as Charlotte gets older and plays with things and we've, we've tried to introduce it to her again and, and she's just not really interested in this thing. Danielle put a whole bunch of work into this. I'm frustrated. Danielle put a whole bunch of time and work and energy into this dollhouse and it all kind of came to nothing. And so much of our lives can be like that. That when we invest our energy in the wrong areas, it turns out to be nothing. Jesus tells us in Matthew 16, or Matthew 6, verses 19 to 21, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And there are many ways that we can apply that verse. Many important things have been said on that passage. But today I want us to focus on that when we love God, it is something that lasts. So we've talked about why is it that we love God, but what what does that mean? What does it mean to love God? And the first thing that I want to bring up 
is that this is a relationship of friendship, not of servanthood. John 15, 15 is in the middle of a beautiful passage, but Jesus says, I have called you friends. I no longer call you servants, but I have called you friends. Because the relationship is different, that this isn't a relationship of duty and obligation. This is a relationship of love, where we love God and, and we're in relationship with him and we care for God and God cares for us and it is not the way that we normally think of these things. We should look back at, at this verse from Matthew 22 where we got our original value of we love God. Let's read it again. Matthew 22, 35 to 38. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And it's worth talking about the way that Jesus says this. Jesus says, all your heart, and this has all of the same connotations that we would give it today. Like the, the heart as you know, the center of being, your emotions, those things that you feel deeply... It, the ancient Greek, it's all of that same, those same connotations. It's not different. You don't, you don't have to feel like there's a language barrier there. But when he says, with all of your soul, another way to think about that is with all of your will. Literally, this is the word suke. This is where we get the word psyche. All of your will, everything about your, your decisions and the way that you live, that's how we have to love God. And, and the word that we translate with all of your mind could also be translated with your intellect. Love God with your intellect. Love him with all of your mental faculties. Love him with your imagination. Love him with your deep thinking, pondering. This is not a relationship where, as so many people have tried to describe it, of check your brain at the door. God wants us to love him with every part of ourselves, with our emotions, with our choices, with our bodies, with our minds, all of these things are how we love God. And truth be told, for most of us, loving God is more about small things than it is about big things. Most of us, I mean, we're here, right? You're watching online, you're sitting in church, we're here, we're, we're doing things. We've, in general, aligned our lives in such a way as to love God. And so when we ask ourselves, how can we love God more, it's mostly about little things more so than big things. I'm reading a book right now called The Practice of the Presence of God, and it's the, a collection of the sayings of a, of a monk from, like, I think he's the 17th century named Brother Lawrence, and I can only read about a page and a half at a time because I have to stop and think about it. But he has this wonderful phrase. He says, he told me that our sanctification, that is, our becoming more like Christ, our becoming more holy, our sanctification did not depend upon changing our works, but in doing that for God's sake, which we commonly do for our own. There's, there's something to think about. What are the things that you usually do for yourself that you could actually do for God? How's that for just changing, changing your life in little ways? Just little things that we can do to love God better. It's not even, you can get dressed for God. You can say, I'm going to make sure that in the way that I dress today, I honor God. How's that for a little thing? 
You can, you can make sure that you're honoring God in how you talk to the barista at Starbucks or wherever your, your preferred coffee place is. It's just doing for God's sake, which we commonly do for our own. And I feel like this is so much of what we mean when we say that Christianity is a relationship and not a religion. Where we get that, that verse, where Jesus references in Matthew 22, where he, he, he's actually pulling from the Old Testament when he says, love the Lord your God, that's, that's from the Old Testament. That's from Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6. And there's a whole section there, and it's all about living a life that is full of God awareness. Let's read it. Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 to 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. The descendants of Israel have taken those words literally, which I don't think is a bad thing to do. Like you, you regularly find these little boxes that have scripture in them on door frames of the houses of Jewish people. I think that's a beautiful tradition personally. But we, like this is also, there's a, a metaphor going on here, right? Like, but the idea that, that the commands of God, the words of God, should be on your lips all the time. It should be at the front of your mind all the time. Like That is just to live in relationship with God. It is not to treat this as something that you box up and put back on the shelf. Oh, it's 11.30 or 12. We're done with church. Time to go home. Put God back in his box until next week. Right? We, this is something that we live with all of the time, that we prioritize, that we make sure that we're doing. Because being in a relationship means thinking about the other person. It means factoring them into your decision-making. It means prioritizing them in your schedule and keeping them as an extra filter before you go to open your mouth. You know, like it's, it's kind of hard sometimes to think about being in relationship with God because I'm not in relationship with God the same way that I am in relationship with my grandfather. My grandfather, everyone. He's here, here this Sunday supporting me. It's wonderful. But like, like we have a very different relationship, right? I get to pick you up and go for lunch. We, I get to hug him in the morning when he comes to church. And we, like, we just have a very different conversation. He picks, me, picks up the phone and calls me. It's great. And it's not that we can't talk to God whenever we want, right? But it's different. It's okay. You can nod. It's different. But many of those things about living in relationship are the same. That we think about the person. That we factor them into our decision making. That we, you know, like our life is different because we're in relationship with God. He affects how we live because we have that relationship. So how do we show God that we love him? How, how do we show that? How do, we, how do we live that out? How do we make that part of our lives? And how do we do that at Elam? If we're talking about this is us, we're talking about the values of Elam Chapel, how do we do it here? Well, 
I would put forward that it isn't actually all that different from how we show love to other people in our lives. Have you heard of the five love languages? Show of hands, anyone? Five love languages? Uh, Gary Smalley, is that right? Yeah, Gary Smalley. Thank you, I got some nods. That helps. It's, it's a pretty well-known uh, rubric for loving people, and these are different ways that people hear and feel and express love. The five love languages are quality time, gifts, words of affirmation, physical touch, and acts of service. This kind of leads us into one of our other values here at Elam, which is that we are contributors and not consumers. And this is the idea that we don't just show up to church expecting to receive and, you know, hey, we had a great time with God. Okay, going back home now, put church in a box, back on the shelf. Right, that this is something that we think about, that this is something that we are part of and that we want to be part of continuing. Well, those five love languages, I think, show up in how we relate with God as well. I mean, words of affirmation, that's praise. We were doing that this morning, right? That was declaring the works and the character of God and expressing our commitment to him. And there are ways that we do this corporately, like we get together on Sunday, right? We do this together as a church. But this is also something that you do privately, personally, when you take time to worship and love God between Sundays. When you do this on your own time, that is you expressing those words of affirmation. Well, what about gifts? Well, that's easy, right? We're in a church, we pick up an offering, and so that's certainly part of it, right? The, the partnering in the work, the recognition of God's provision in our lives, the necessity of the work that he's doing in our lives, that's all gifts and acts of service. Corporately, we're, when you give money to this church, the money doesn't stay here. Some of it does. But we give, we give money to other ministries. We are, we are partnered with ministries like, like Union Gospel Mission downtown. We see these other ministries and what they're doing, and we believe that they're important, and we partner with them because we believe that this is part of our corporate giving to God that we, that we sacrifice and that we partner with other ministries and what they're doing. Personally, this is when, when we tithe. This is also when we volunteer. This is when we, when we make personal sacrifices, that we, we join with the church and we say, these are things that are important to us. Well, what about, what about quality time? How do we express quality time with God? Well, how about, how about with discipleship? You know, discipleship is taking deliberate action to become more like Jesus through learning and activity. You're doing it right now. You're, you're doing it. You're engaged in discipleship. You are here because you want to be more like Jesus and you are doing something to make that happen. And we do that in our private lives when we read our Bibles, when we take time to worship and pray. We can spend that quality time with God. The last one is touch, physical touch. And that one's hard. Has anyone physically touched God? Anyone here? I, I haven't. So that, that one's a little harder to express, right? You can't, you can't give God a hug. Won't that be awesome when we get to heaven and we can hug God? Won't that be great? But for now, we can't do that. So I think that the way that we express that love language today, right now, as Christians, is when we reach out and touch others. Maybe not right now because pandemic land, but, but that when we are, to be Christians means to be, the, that word means little Christs. We are, we are little Christs in the world when we share the love of Jesus. 
And we do that corporately through our food bank and through the fact that we have open doors, that people are welcome to come in and join, right? Like that is, that is, our, that is outreach that we do on a corporate level. But on a personal level, you are engaging in the language of physical touch with, for God when you love other people, when you make friends, when you make friends with people. And there's such a difficult distinction. It's not that difficult, but it's so hard to make the leap from being friendly to being friends. Right? It's, it's pretty easy to go, oh, hey, that's a person that I've never seen before in the church. I'm going to go say hi and to, to smile. And I mean, it's hard to smile right now with masks, right? It's easy for me. I'm not wearing a mask right now because I'm preaching. But to, to smile and to be friendly, that's easy. To invite this person into your life, to, you know, text with them on a regular basis, to get together, to, to invite them over to watch a sports game, to, to do all of these things, to make friends, not just to be friendly. That's hard. And that's God work. And this is so important that Jesus says in John 13, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Ultimately, this value, this we love God, what this comes down to is that we want a better walk with God every day. Every day, we want to be a little bit closer to God. We want to be a little bit more like Jesus. We want to be a little bit more honed in, conformed to the image of the Son, transformed by the renewing of our mind just a little bit more every day because everything else flows from that. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. I'm going to, I want to share a prayer with you as we, as to close. This also comes from this book, Practicing the Presence of God, from this brother Lawrence. And this is a prayer that he would pray when he finished his time of devotions and going off. He, he in particular, was a cook. He, he cooked for a monastery. So he spent his time making food and washing dishes, sweeping floors. And maybe some of you can relate. And one of the hallmarks of him was that he felt as close to God when he was sweeping the floor as he did when he was kneeling before the altar. And Lawrence prayed this, that when he began his business, when he started to do the things that he had to do, he said to God with a filial, that is sun-like, trust in him, Oh my God, since thou art with me, and I must now, in obedience to thy commands, apply my mind to these outward things, I beseech thee to grant me the grace to continue in thy presence. And to this end, do thou prosper me with thy assistance, receive all my works, and possess all my affections. That is my prayer for us today, that as we go from this place of worship back to regular lives to engage in the business of life, which God has commanded us to do. God has not commanded us to live in church, but to go into the world and make disciples, to go about life, that we would apply ourselves to God, that we would continue in his presence, that God would help us with his presence, with his power, that all of our works would be devoted to him, and that 
at all times, he would have all of our love. Amen.